Throughout the Gospels, our Lord demonstrates power over all of the different effects of original sin that have been passed down from our first parents to us. And he demonstrates his power in different ways. For example, by, by directly forgiving sins, he demonstrates his power over the effect of original sin that produced disease by, by healing many people. An example of that is our Gospel today where he heals this man who was born blind. Our Lord demonstrates his power over the effect of original sin, which is death, by raising people from the dead. And of course, in a definitive way, he shows his power over death when he himself rises from the dead to never die again. But one of the things that we can see in a symbolic way in today's gospel that he also comes to redeem in a, in a very sort of specific way is, is an effect of original sin that we don't often think of. And that is that one of, one of the, the things that proceeded from the first sin of our parents is what we often call a darkness of intellect. Right? Our, our intellect is made to know the truth, to understand truth. And after original sin, that became more difficult. Our mind, our intellect struggles now to come to the truth about the deepest questions regarding human life. Who am I? Where am I from? Where am I going? What is the meaning of my life? How should I live? These sort of deep questions about human existence, it's not easy for us to come to the right answers. And this is because as a result of original sin, our, our intellect is, is somewhat darkened. So when Jesus heals this man who was born blind, one thing we can draw from that in a symbolic way is that he has come to enlighten our minds, which have been blinded by the effects of original sin. Right? He's come to, to provide a new source of light for us to see. We need light to see physical objects. We need spiritual light to understand supernatural realities, spiritual realities. Jesus comes to provide a new source of light for us to see things. Oftentimes, you know, we, we think of our Lord coming to, to save us, we think of him, of course, saving us from our sin and, and, and so on. And that's, of course, the fundamental reason he came. But, but his, his redemption is a lot more comprehensive than that. And this is one of the things that, about his redemption that often gets overlooked. Because as human beings, we have an insatiable desire for the truth. Right? We, we want to know the truth of things. Our wills are made to choose goodness. Our minds are made for truth. And, and they need to be satiated and satisfied by the truth. When the Lord heals this man born blind, in a way we can understand that as Jesus saying, I've come not only to save you from your sins, I've also come to, to provide a new source of light for you to have greater certainty about the biggest questions that you have about life. Who am I? Where am I from? Where am I going? How should I live? Etc. And we have really as human beings, two light sources that sort of flood into our minds to help us understand things. The first source of light, we can say, is our reason. Right? Our reason, given to us by God, helps us to come to know the truth about certain things. And when we, when we talk about these deep questions of life, reason can sort of go to a certain length, but it can't take us all the way. It provides some light, but inadequate for the complete answers that we desire about these biggest questions. And then we have another light source 
to show us the truth about these questions, which is divine revelation. Everything that Jesus came to reveal, and that has been passed down through the centuries and interpreted by his bride, the church. Right, this is a, another source of light for us to come to the truth about these big questions of human existence. An analogy that may be helpful is if you think about yourself trying to read a book next to a, like a, a, a fire pit outside or something. Um, and you sort of like, you have to work really hard. You have to sort of like angle the book just right so that it catches the firelight so you can read every line. Even still though, you're probably prone to maybe skip a line on accident, read a word wrong, because the light is sort of not totally sufficient for the task that you're trying to do. Whereas if you try and read a book at, at 12 p.m. On a, on a cloudless day, you, you're not gonna have any issues, right? You're, you're not gonna skip any lines, you're gonna see every word very clearly. This is the difference between the light given to us by our reason, which is like that firelight, to sort of understand these deep things, and the light that Jesus comes to reveal through his teachings and what he's passed down through his church, right? The, the light that our Lord has come to bring, he himself you know, refers to, to himself as the light of the world, the light that he's come to bring to enlighten our minds about these truths is much more certain than the light that comes from our reason, which is counterintuitive, right? You, you run into people in the world who say that like, they think that faith, and faith is, is the doorway that gives us access to this new source of light, they say that faith is sort of more tenuous and shaky and kind of ambiguous than the knowledge that comes from reason. And, and the opposite is actually the truth, is actually the case, right? The, the certainty that we get from the light of faith far surpasses the certainty that we can have from the light of reason. Because reason alone, again, affected by original sin, it's darkened, we're prone to error, we're prone to understanding things impartially. But when Jesus claims something to be the case about who we are, or who he is, or what we're destined for, we can have 100% certainty that it's true. The light that is shed on our minds from what he reveals is totally certain. You can sort of hang your hat on it without any, any sort of doubt whatsoever. Uh, any sort of doubt whatsoever. In the early church, actually, um, it was common for the newly baptized to be referred to as the enlightened ones, sort of in reference to this fact that immediately upon baptism and receiving the gift of faith, their minds, not only were they freed from sin, not only was their heart cleansed, but their mind, in a way, was enlightened to see deeper realities, right? to see beyond the surface, to see the supernatural behind the natural. Right? This, is, this is living by, by faith that the Lord wants for all of us. And I just want to give you, very briefly today, sort of three sort of hypothetical individuals and how these individuals use or don't use the light of reason and the light of faith to come to know the truth about these deep questions of life. Right, so the, the first individual is somebody who, who doesn't have faith in, in Christ or His church, um, and they, they try and, to some degree at least, sort of figure out these deep questions of life just with the light of their reason alone, right? And maybe, maybe this is happening for a variety of reasons, but they're sort of trying to figure it out 
on their own, and they think that of themselves they have the capacity to kind of come to the full truth about about these deep questions of life. And sometimes we see people in this category really adopt the humble approach, and they begin at a certain point to think to themselves, and you may have somebody in mind who you know who's like this, they may at a certain point think to themselves, you know what, all these different religions in the world claim that they have sort of truth about these big questions of human life. I'm gonna start looking around, I'm gonna start sort of poking into these different religions to, to see if their claims as regards answers to these deep questions, see if they, if they make sense. And that's a humble approach, right? Somebody in that situation is, is doing something good. They're, they're, they're admitting, maybe I can't figure this out myself. Maybe I should, I should begin seeking the truth outside of myself and, and maybe one of these religions, and hopefully, of course, they stumble across Christianity at some point. I'm like, okay, this is, <laughs> this is the truth, and, and, they, and they encounter the Lord who's, who's the source of that truth. It's also possible, though, for somebody in this category to adopt a, a proud approach and to think that, no, 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 I can only trust myself. I'm not going to seek outside of myself for the truth. I'm not going to go on this quest to find the answers to these deeper things. I'm sort of content with my life. I, I don't really need to, to figure these things out. Sort of like um, last week I was talking about uh, with the Samaritan woman. It's sort of like the person who thinks that they can solve the issue of, of the, the guilt that they bear in their conscience from sin and sort of the emptiness that that produces. They think they can solve that by their own means. I can solve this by just filling myself up with endless entertainment or pleasure, whatever it may be, right? Somebody who doesn't know Christ in his church can also adopt sort of this, this prideful stance of like, nah, I'm sufficient in and of myself. My mind is good enough. I don't need to, I don't need to seek, seek sort of truth outside anywhere. So that's sort of the first category of person. And, and these, I offer these to you so, so you all can have sort of awareness as well of, of all the people you deal with on a daily basis and kind of maybe to help sort of figure out, okay, what, what's the next step I can maybe lead this person to if they're in this sort of particular situation. The second person is somebody who, who seems to have faith in Christ and his church, but actually doesn't. They're not... They're not operating by the light of faith at all, even though it may seem that way from the outside, but they're operating solely from the light of reason, right? And usually somebody in this category who's within the church, there's a pejorative term that, that some of you are probably familiar with that, that we use to describe somebody in this situation, which is a cafeteria Catholic, right? Some of you have probably heard that before. It refers to somebody who, who will tell you, I believe in, in these 10 sort of things that Jesus and his church teach. I believe in those 10 things. But these 10 things that Jesus and his church teach, I don't believe in those, right? I've looked at these 20 things. I believe in these 10. I don't believe in these 10, right? And what's actually happening here is they're not operating, even with the 10 things they claim to believe, they're not operating with the light of faith. They're operating in both of these realms solely with the light of reason. Basically what they're saying is, I've examined these 10 things by the, the sort of campfire light of my own reason, and they seem to make sense to me, right? So I'll say, okay, those are true. I've examined these 10 things in the light of my own reason. They don't seem to make sense to me, so I'm, I'm not going to accept them. 
Right? This is, there's no faith operating here. They're not getting any light from the act of faith. They're still trusting only in their own mental capacities, their own intellect. There's no surrender to the fact that Jesus is truth himself and that anything he says directly in his public life or through his bride, the church, is going to be true. There's no, there's no active faith. There's no surrender to that, to that fact. It's, it's solely operating according to their own reason. This is something that comes up a lot, this sort of a proper understanding of faith. This comes up a lot in RCIA, sort of helping people to, to come to the awareness that like an act of faith, for faith to be real, is all-encompassing. It's all-encompassing. It can never be partial. It can never be, I'm slowly coming to faith in this teaching, this teaching, this teaching, this teaching. I may come to greater understanding of this, 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 and this, but faith is, is a single act made all at once that, that says, I believe that you, Jesus, cannot lie. You are truth itself. And that you promise to always speak through your church. And so when she speaks definitively, I know it's actually you speaking. And so the church cannot lie either in that sense. And so I make this one all-encompassing act of faith. And I know that anything that proceeds forth from the mouth of Christ or his bride, the church, is going to be true. Right? This is sort of a, an, an act of what you might say is intellectual surrender. I, I surrender to, to this new light source that is, that is beyond me, but is more, much more certain than my own reason. So this is sort of somebody in this, in this second group. And then the, the last person is somebody who has made this, this definitive act of faith. They say, yeah, I, I surrender my, not only my heart, but I also surrender my intellect to you, Lord. Um, and I believe that everything that, that proceeds from your mouth and, and from your bride is true. Um, and the challenge for those of us in, in this particular category is to really practically apply the, the light of faith to our daily, our daily living, right? To sort of push ourselves every day to see beyond the, the superficial, to see God's action behind everything that happens. I'll give you a few examples of this. Um, one is to sort of see beyond the veil with other people, right? Often when we encounter people in the day-to-day, we forget that they have eternal souls. We forget that God thought of them before the foundation of the world. We forget that the, the price of their soul is worth just about any sacrifice you could ever dream up in your life. We forget sort of the, the, the gravity and the weight of what's beyond the veil of this person. You know, a practical example, you sit down to somebody, uh, next to somebody on an airplane, and if your first thought is like, well, I wonder if this person's going to bother me during the flight. <laughs> you know, it's sort of like, we have, some, we have some work to do there to say like, oh, Lord, like, help me shine the light of faith on this situation. So I see beyond the fact that this person might bother me, and I see instead their eternal soul, the fact that God thought of them before the creation of the world that I should be willing to make any sacrifice to bring this person one inch closer to you, etc. Right? To see beyond the veil there. Another quick example is just the little inconveniences of every day. Little inconveniences of every day. So this happened to me last night. I was at a family's house pretty late. Um, had some great conversation, but five minutes after I left their house to come back to, to good counsel, I remembered, oh, it's daylight savings time. I'm like, oh, that's not great. <laughs> 
at the 8 a.m. mass, it's already like past midnight, um, we lose an hour of sleep. And then a couple minutes after that, I remembered, oh yeah, I'm not even really like done with the homily yet, so that's gonna mean I have to wake up even earlier. And then like two minutes later, I see a cop's lights flashing in my rearview mirror, and I get pulled over because I have a headlight out, which I haven't replaced in six months. And, um, and so like, uh, so we're gonna take up a second collection to pay for my ticket. Uh, that's not, that's not true. He let, he let me go. <laughs> but. Um, but, you know, like, I was sort of sitting, I was kind of in a daze, right? I was pretty tired, but I was just sort of sitting on the shoulder of I-35 last night, just kind of like, I don't know, I, I, I lost the opportunity to shine the light of faith on this little inconvenience and say, what a great chance for me to offer up this tiredness for some soul or for some intention, right? I was just thinking about myself. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't applying the light of faith to that instance. And when I got home, like, before I fell asleep, I was like, oh, you know, missed opportunity there. So, just a just a practical thing. Sh shining the light of faith, e even on on little inconveniences like that, is is what it means to sort of sort of practically practically apply this. So, so the thing I'll just leave you with today is um, is to really maybe maybe ponder during this week what's a, a particular context of your life that you're not sort of seeing with the eyes of faith that you're just looking at with the light of reason. That there's there's a there's a lot of opportunity in, in that context to sort of like see past the veil, see past the superficial, to figure out what that is and how you might begin trying to exercise uh, the, the virtue of faith in that in that context. Um, just a reminder for those of you who were here last week, uh, third, fourth, and fifth Sundays of Lent, we do the scrutinies, these short prayers and exorcisms for those who are prepping for baptism. So uh, just in a couple of moments, we'll do this second scrutiny um, for Abby Hermes, who will be uh, preparing for baptism here um, this Easter.